Welcome to this podcast message from Kingdom Faith. groups of around six please and please um, those who are regular members of Kingdom Faith London can you look around to see our visitors to make sure that there's a group of people around our visitors as well please so it does mean that you're going to have to move it does mean that you're going to have to move chairs okay groups of six please and as I say make sure that our visitors are looked after include them please each group will need a piece of paper and a pen the maximum is six it can be a little bit less okay you'll need a pen and a piece of paper If you haven't got a piece of paper, you can take one from my pad. But you will need a pen or a pencil as well. Okay. I'm going to just read some scripture. Um, One of the things that God has really been challenging me about recently um, is what the church should look like. Um, not just what it was in scripture, but what should it be like in the 21st century? What should it look like? Us guys, as the church, and not just us guys, but the church in general in this nation. What should it look like? So Acts chapter 2. I'm just going to read some scriptures out first. And then what I'm going to ask you to do is discuss it and, and just have a little chat and see what you think the church should be like today, God actually asked me a few questions today in my own personal time with the Lord. Just trying to find it. Um, how should the church love one another? Does the world see a church that loves in this way? What needs to change if the world doesn't see a church that loves in the way that I'm going to describe? And if your answer is yes, the world does see the church in the way that we see and read in scripture, what are the characteristics of that church? But let's begin to read this. In Acts chapter 2, verse 42, it says this. They then devoted themselves to being taught God's word by the apostles and to sharing their lives with one another in love. 
They were also committed to the breaking of bread, recalling all that Christ had done for them, and to praying together. There was a sense of awe among them because of the miracles and wonderful works that God performed through the apostles. All the believers lived as members of one body and shared whatever they had with one another. They sold possessions and gave to one another, um, to everyone who was in need. They continued to come together in the temple courts every day. They also met in one another's homes, sharing the Lord's Supper and eating their meals with glad and thankful hearts. They praised God and were shown favor by everyone. And every day the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. And then going on to Acts chapter 4, verse 32, it says this. There was great unity among the believers. They were one in what they believed and the ways they thought and acted. No one thought of his possessions as belonging to himself, but they shared everything they had with others. The apostles continued to witness to the resurrection of Jesus, speaking and acting with great power. So great was God's grace on the whole body of believers that nobody among them was left in need. Some who owned land or houses sold them and brought the proceeds from the sale to the apostles, and they ensured that it was distributed to those in need. Then another scripture in Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. Verse 4, every one of us has a body with several different parts, each with its distinctive functions. In the same way, all those who belong to Christ form his one body. So we all belong to him and also to one another. As with the parts of a human body, we do not all have the same function. No, we have different gifts according to the way God has appointed that his grace is to operate in our lives. Some are particularly gifted to speak prophetically, bringing a word from God to others. The way they are able to do this effectively depends to what extent they live by faith in God. Others have servant hearts and therefore content to serve God by serving others. Still others are gifted to teach God's word and they should use this gift for the benefit of others. Some are really great at encouraging their fellow believers and this should be recognized as a gift from God for the good of the whole body. Others are called to give financially to help others and they should give generously. The church needs leaders who realize the importance of their calling and so devote themselves to the welfare of those they lead. Others are people with great compassion and mercy, and so need to be joyful about the way they show God's love to others. For we must be sincere about the way in which we love others, from the heart, not simply a duty. We should hate anything that God regards as evil, 
but love what he considers good. As members of the same body, we are to be devoted to one another, loving each other as members of the same family. This involves honoring others above ourselves and always being eager to serve the Lord by what, doing whatever he asks of us and doing it, doing it with all our hearts. We are also to radiate joy because we are a people of hope. Whenever we have to suffer affliction, we are to bear it patiently and we will be faithful in prayer. We will be a people who love to give, sharing our resources with God's people who are in need and welcoming others into the home. This is one of a scripture in John's Gospel, chapter 13. And it just talks very much about the people. I'm just trying to find it here. I've written it down here. It says in verse 34 of chapter 13, I'm giving you a new command. Love each other. In the same way I have loved each of you, so you must love each other. When you do this, everyone will see that you are truly my disciples. They will know this because of your love for each other. Those scriptures, just begin to talk about them in your group. Um, because at the end of the day, I want a church that truly reflects what it says in the Bible, in scripture. And I just want you just to say, okay, what, what's it like? What's this love like? What is it that we need to do in order to be the church in the 21st century living according to the truth of God's word. So use those scriptures, and then I'll send the mic to one or two groups, not all of your groups. So just chat away for about 10 minutes. Just those scriptures, use those scriptures. Okay, um, don't, you don't have to um, stay in your circles, but obviously you can look at my handsome face if you want to. You don't have to. <laughs> um, does anybody really want to go as a group? Claire? <laughs> Hello. 
So we, um, one thing we really honed in on from all of that was um, how, as a church, we need to start to tackle loneliness in London and, um, and kind of just ideas of how we can reach out to people in our church, for example, um, who might be feeling lonely, because London is a very, very lonely place. It's very easy to be lost on your own. You can travel next to millions of people every day and feel completely isolated and alone. So we were just talking about how we could um, reach out to people who might be lonely, but also how hard it is for someone who's feeling like that to be vulnerable um, with other people. Is it, what's it, what else? Oh, yeah, the fact that we're time poor. So it's hard because we work really busy jobs most of us work really hard and we all have to travel quite a lot and so it can be a challenge so it's like how do we prioritize those connections and um, that acts church how do we do that and then um, another thing we were saying was um, that there's two things that can really help with those things which could be um, our approach is small groups because we're all spread out around the city they're so important that you go to if you go to a small group that's like your mini family and you get to know people in a different way and and they, they can, we can begin to build relationships of trust and um, uh, then you can be vulnerable with each other a bit more, which is what we were saying. And then also that if you serve in the church and you bring your gifting to the church, then being part of a team when you serve just is incredibly, incredibly powerful and it helps you to feel more part of the church rather than feeling like you come every week and then you go. So, um, yeah, that's what we were talking about. Which question are we actually going for? <laughs> Just the whole lot. Okay. Um, one of the things that we thought that unity, as far as you know, 21st century people are looking for, well, what is church? And if they see Christians from all different walks of life being united together and sort of particular things that people do together that cross churches, um, you know, it happens in where we live, you know, there's inter-church things that happen, like food banks and all that kind of thing. That That is a witness to the 21st century of what church is. Um, we mentioned um, small groups because we were we, we discussed that, so I won't go into that. But we, we emphasise this business of needing to go back to be like the first century and back to principles and the fact that... Um, Jesus is not going to come again until he recognizes the church as his bride. So his bride needs to come back to her first love. And that's an individual response as well as a church response. That's great. Just one group from over here. Who wants to, to go for it? Oh, outside. There was no more chairs in here for a few people, so we sat on the comfy sofas. Um, so kind of our group was very, very similar to Claire's group. And Mike just made a joke about man and wife, te telepathy, whatever it is. I don't know anything of the word. Um, one thing that we, we kind of said about the lost as well, but we also said about there's um, something that happens in culture a lot, and that's comparison, comparing yourself against other people. And some of the scripture you gave us really links into 2 Corinthians about the spiritual gifts and not kind of understanding how somebody else would be able to be an evangelist or someone else be a prophet or something else like that. And one thing we do as a culture is we look at somebody else and we want to kind of be like somebody else. And using these things like small groups and other things like that 
to actually help us understand who we are in Christ. Help us understand that we're not going to be the same as somebody else stood next to us, but do that. And I'm going to sit back in my comfy seat. <laughs> you know, one, of, one of the things that I find that God starts to drop something into your spirit, into your body, and you start to begin to think and, and you know, begin to um, meditate on these things. And then suddenly a book um, that uh, somebody recommends comes and says something that is similar to what you're talking about. And there was a letter, Letters to the Church by Francis Chan. And um, I like Francis Chan, I love his writing. And on the back it says, if God had his way, what would our churches look like? If God had his way, what would our churches look like? And so we've got to go back into scripture to find out what he considers his church. And I'm just going to pick up a couple of um, things that he said, and then I'm just going to talk about gangs. Um, it says this, gathering with the church should lead us to holy ground. You get to come and worship someone else with someone else. You get to pour out love to him by serving those around you and considering them more important than yourself. It's not about you. And you are glad it's not about you. Because there is something far greater than you. It is sacred. And then, again, another thing that I've highlighted Think about what this is um, in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 8 to 10. It says this to me, though I am the very least of all the saints, this grace was given to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and to bring to light for everyone what is the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God, who created all things. So, so that through the church, the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. Think about what this is saying. This is what Francis Chana said. God wanted to show the heavenly beings his incomparable wisdom. So he created the church, the ecclesia. I believe we had a, have a sacred responsibility to function as his church in such a way that the rulers in heavenly places can marvel at God's wisdom. They ought to see a oneness in us that displays God's brilliant plan. I like that. I like that. He goes on to talk about gangs. And um, in uh, the church that he was part of, there was a gentleman who was part of a gang. He was in prison, and he found the Lord Jesus Christ in prison. And when you come out of a gang culture, then you have to really step out and be bold. Because when you have had being part of a gang that stabbed people who've had in drugs, they have all sorts of stories that they could tell. And so therefore to leave 
in quotes, the family, that's not something that you can do easily. And so this gentleman made that decision to accept Jesus Christ. And he came into a church and he was expecting it to be the same as the family that he just left. Now, what he describes as the family that he just left, which was gangs, it was of the evil side. But what he was saying about gangs is that they were there for one another. They looked out for one another. They guarded each other's backs. If somebody did some damage to one of theirs, they would certainly do damage to somebody else. Because, you know, maybe it was inverted, but they were protecting their family member. And this gentleman came into the church scenario and said, he was expecting that same family dynamic where people were supportive of one another. Um, in the gang, they were saying that actually, you know, in a gang culture, just to meet once a week for one hour or one and a half hours, for them, they just cannot comprehend that that would be family, that would be the body, that would be church, because for them, <laughs> you know, if, if you know about gangs, they, they nip out, children climb out windows to get to the gang because they pretend to go to sleep and then they climb out windows so that they can be a part of that. Why? Because it's something that they belong to. And when I look at the church that God wants, I do see community. I see family. And my heart cry is, Lord, if God have your way, what would the church look like? I want the church to look like what God wants it to be. That's what I believe that we as a church, we need to be pursuing these things. Hence, my reading of Acts chapter 2. Because those four things, I believe, are so vital if we're going to be the church in the 21st century that God wants us to be. We're devoted to the apostles' teachings, so the teachings of the word of God. We are, are devoted to fellowship, meeting with one another. We're devoted to the breaking of bread, keeping Christ at the center, at the heart of absolutely everything that takes place. And we're also devoted to prayer. And from those four things, I believe that all sorts of other things will have repercussions. We, we won't be talking nastily about anybody else within the family. We will understand family in a completely different light. I have a nuclear family. My father-in-law's here. And that is a natural family, but we believe in a supernatural God. And God wants to do supernaturally something within a body of believers that genuinely says something to the world that actually currently it's not seeing it in the way that God intends. And I believe that will come in many different forms. I don't believe it's just one thing that we have to do, but if, if we are going to become what God wants us to become, then I believe that's a question that everybody has to begin to ask and begin to pray, God, if you had your way 
not only in the church, but if you had your way in my life, what would my life look like? Lord, if you had your way in this church, this body, or wherever you come from, what would that look like? Show me, teach me. Open my eyes so that I can begin to see all of these amazing things that you are planning for not only my own life, but us as a family together. And one group mentioned about loneliness. There are many, many lonely people in London. They may be busy lives, but they're lonely. There's older generations, those people who are getting older who are lonely. Young people, they may have busy lives. They may be part of a group of people, but they can still be lonely within a group. So it's, it's the whole entirety of what I want to see the body of Christ look like, but also be demonstrating this life. It's community. As you mentioned, going back to the first century church. Yeah. But again, you know, if, if we're going to be like something, be the body of Christ, then we've got to go and begin to research what does this look like? I've given you some scriptures today to start to explore that topic. But I pray that you will go back and home today and over these coming days and coming weeks that you will begin to ask that question. If God has, if you have your way in my life, Lord, what would that look like? What would that look like differently? What would I do differently? But also as a church, what would that look like? I, I want to encourage as many as possible to come um, because we've got another meeting after this upstairs in the green room. And it's called um, Make a Life, Make Her Life. And, you know, that's part of, with Nat and Cynthia, um, they have gone on a journey, and they've been on a journey for a number of years of asking that question. Lord, if you had your way, what would the church look like? What would the church look like every single day of the week? What would it look like in your workplaces? Because you are the church. And I want to encourage you to come and hear what God's placed on their hearts to as many of you as possible. Um, because it's all part, I believe, of what God is wanting to do over the course of these next years. That God is wanting to do something, establish something that is seen in the world. Seen in the world. And so that that John 13 scripture becomes real through you and through me. That the world will take note. The world will see. The world will begin to ask, wow, what is happening to that group of people? They have so much love for one another and also for everybody else. So in the last couple of minutes, I'd like you to again stay in your groups and just a couple of you begin to pray what you've spoken out, what you've talked through as a group. I just want you just to pray and in, in a sense, pray those things out. Lord, I ask you, okay? So just a couple of you in each group and then I'll hand it back to Helena. So if you want to go back into your groups and just a couple of you pray things through that we've just discussed. Thank you.
Thank you, Jesus. Father, I just thank you that you are on the move. And Lord, I thank you that as your church, as your body, that, Father, you instigated, you designed to display your glory. Father, I just ask that this will be something that we will allow to be very real in our own individual lives, but also together as a group of people coming together forming a body, forming a family. Lord, that we will genuinely, with sincere hearts, Lord, work out these things that you are showing, you are revealing to us. So that this is not just theory, this is not just talk. But Lord, that we truly want this to be demonstrated in our very lives, together, individually and Lord I just pray that over these coming weeks Father you will continue to do a thorough work in each one of our lives and Lord that as we begin 2019 Lord that we will begin to work these things that you're showing us out in real and practical ways in Jesus name I pray Amen Amen Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources by Kingdom Faith and for our other audio and video podcasts, please visit kingdomfaith.com.